Welcome to Biohacking with Brittany. I am so thankful that you're listening. This is a place where I get to express myself and just produce some creative content about holistic health and nutrition and biohacking. And I am a nutritionist and health fanatic, we'll say this time, and have been since I was probably 16 or so. And if you've listened to any of my personal health story episodes, you will know all about my journey getting to the point where I'm at today. And it's been a long one, but I've learned a lot and there's still so much to learn, which is just the craziest thing. Every single time I do a podcast episode and have a new guest on, it reminds me about how much there is that I actually don't know, that I don't understand, that I haven't done. And it's really exciting because like one of my favorite things about biohacking is how it's so frontier and it's filled with these amazing early adopters and people with a growth mindset and everyone who's just trying these new modalities and technologies and different healing methods. And it's so cool. And so every time I get to bring on someone new, it's like, wow, like this is a new way of doing this that I haven't heard of, or I haven't tried. And yeah, it's just awesome. Cause I, I learn a lot and I get to help other people learn a lot too, which is the whole point. So thank you for listening each and every one of you. It means a lot. And I really do care. I read all of the reviews and I love talking to you guys on social media as well, especially Instagram where I am most active. And yeah, it's good to be back. I took a couple weeks off. I was in Costa Rica, which is the first time I have traveled internationally since the pandemic started. <laughs> Even since before then, I I haven't traveled since July 2019 internationally and it was crazy. It felt so surreal like getting onto the plane and being somewhere so different from my usual life. And it was very eye-opening and really good for the soul. So yeah, I I did a lot of self-reflection, which is what I always do when I go on vacation and take time off. I do a lot of, I don't know, I wouldn't say like deep thinking, but it's very kind of like, how do I get from A to B? Where do I want to be in a year? Where do I want to be in six months? What needs to change? Just like all of those types of thoughts. And it's good because a lot of the time in our day-to-day lives, we actually don't have enough time and space for that type of thinking. But that thinking is really needed for moving forward and, and growing as a person, growing your career, all of these things. So I did a lot of self-reflection and I've been talking about it just briefly on Instagram, I created new affirmations and it actually came from a podcast I listened to with Sean Stevenson. I think that's what his name is. Yeah. It's called the model health show. And he was talking with Bob Proctor who has now passed away. And they were talking about this idea of basically Napoleon Hill's book, like think and grow rich, basically this idea of like your thoughts become your reality and your thoughts are so, so important. And so after listening to that podcast and in conjunction with another book that I was reading while on vacation, I kind of just saw a few pain points in my thoughts and things that I've been really struggling with, not easy stuff. Let me tell you (laughs) as 
as aware as I am that my thoughts are not a representation of myself, it still doesn't make it easy to have positive thoughts all of the time and constructive thoughts, I guess. Like it's very easy to get into a negative headspace and be stressed out and not come from a place that's truly you. And so in reflection, I was like, okay, there's some things that I really want to change. Like there's things I want to change in my life and there's thoughts that I want to change that go directly hand in hand with the things that I actually want to change. And so I'm actually going to share my new affirmations because I think it's part of the healing journey is to share them. I'm not going to be sharing them on social media because the podcast world, my podcast world is much smaller than my social media world. So it's one of those things where it's like, uh, how personal do you get on social media? You know? So I have to be in the mood. Sometimes my captions are very vulnerable. And then sometimes I'm like, oh, this is my morning routine. And it's not vulnerable at all because I just can't put myself fully out there. But I'm going to share them with you because again, like I think it's healing and yeah, I said I would. So here we are. Okay. So the first one has to do with my sense of physical self. It's very practical and I'm going to read it to you and then I'll explain it. So it says, it's going to sound cheesy, but (laughs) I'm just going to say it anyway. I am incredibly toned and fit and my body looks fantastic. I release excess weight. And so that came from a place of very much feeling self-conscious in the last couple of years about how my body looks and how it is. Why has it become such an issue for me? Probably because of social media and because of COVID and working at working at home online. I've become hyper aware of my body more than I did before. And it's been an issue. Like it's been, yeah, it's not been easy. And Yeah, there's, I think there's a lot of factors that go into this one. And the second half of that, of like, I release excess weight, that actually came directly from the podcast that I listened to because what they said in that podcast was people create affirmations of like, I'm going to lose this amount of weight or whatever it is. But the words that you use are so important. And when you use words like lose, that means that you can just get it back right again. You can gain it back. So instead it's like, I release I just release it. And when I say I release excess weight, like, yeah, I mean, physically, to be honest, but there's also a emotional component to it for me. Like sometimes everything feels very heavy in life and I would like to lighten, not lighten up, but like in a sense, lighten up, like just release these things that I've been holding on to so that it, yeah, it's complicated, but that's kind of where I'm at for that. I, I would like to be stronger in my body. I would like to like be more flexible and like work on like more tangible things like that. But it's also, I just want to have a better self-image and work on the way that I talk about myself. Like I want to think these things of like, I'm incredibly toned and fit. I don't want to think the opposite of that. I don't want to look in the mirror and point out all my flaws, right? And so that's, it's like, yes, I want these goals of 
whatever the physical goals that I have are, but it's also like, okay, I want my mindset to be in a much healthier place because it's been in a very bad place for the last couple of years. And I can no longer move forward with that. And I kind of brought that energy into 2022. Like I knew this is where I was heading. And it's hard for me to talk about because it's just really personal and not a lot of people. I don't know. Maybe a lot of people do get it. I don't know. Yeah, I guess so. I, my friends, I guess what I'm trying to say is the people in my real life who are wanting to lose weight or get fitter or whatever it is, get more fit. Like they don't necessarily have a social presence. And so it's different because they're not constantly taking photos of themselves, taking videos of themselves and like hyper aware of their body. So when we talk about these types of things, like how we relate is different. So it's interesting, but that's the first one. And probably, I don't know if that's the most important one, but it's definitely something that I'm very much actively working on. The second one is more future focused, kind of, I guess it's kind of now too. It says, I am so grateful that I am extremely fertile and it's super easy for me to have a baby. So this comes from a place of fear because my cycles have been so much longer than they usually are. And again, like this really started around COVID. It was kind of, yeah, when I stepped into the entrepreneurship world and that as well, definitely the stress from that. But what ended up happening, yeah, what I've been dealing with is like this fear of when I do decide to have a kid, I'm not going to be able to. And putting that in my mind of like, it's going to be so hard for me to conceive. And that's the way that I've been feeling for the last, I don't even know, two and a half years or so. I'm reworking that thought because I don't think that's true. And I don't want to set myself up for failure before I've even tried. And that's what I've been doing. And I've just been letting like fear totally bombard me. And that's not cool. And that's not okay. So that's a big one that I'm working on as well. My third one is something that I started doing last year. So this one's not as like new, I would say. It says, I'm very wealthy and make an abundance of money every month. I attract beautiful wealth for me and my family. I love the second part for that. It's so interesting when you write affirmations like this, because each one has such a different energy to it. Like even when I read them out loud, my body feels different reading the different ones. And when I was writing these and putting them around my house, it was the same thing of writing down like, I attract beautiful wealth for me and my family makes me want to cry because that's like such a important thing for me and to be able to provide. And it's not just about me. It's about more than me. It's about me and my partner. It's about this future child one day, right? Like it's kind of it's much bigger than I am. And there's like just so much energy and emotion behind it. And that's what you need. Like when you're writing your affirmations, like they need to feel emotional. You need to feel something about them. It can't just be this like fluffy sentence that you say that doesn't really have much meaning. Like it has to hit you in the heart, you know, and that one definitely does. And with the, with this one, what's beautiful is that I really shifted my money mindset in, I think it was like, June last year. Yeah. June last year from a book that I read. 
And that book is called We Should All Be Millionaires. And every single female listening to this podcast should go get that book right now. It literally changed my life. It's fantastic. It's hands down one of the best books I've ever read. And one of the only like one of the only books I've ever read that's actually changed my life. Yeah, that book. I, I can't even I can't even speak about it. It's so good. It's so, so good. I don't even want to give it away. But basically, it's all about how females have been programmed to view and act and make decisions with money much different than men and how this is impacting our decisions today and basically leaving us more broke than men. And it, oh, it's going to blow your mind. It's going to blow your mind. After, let me just tell you, after I read that book, I tripled my income the following month. Can you believe that? Like what? (laughs) Anyway, so that book was amazing for breaking down my money mindset. I had a lot of feelings of like, I'm not smart enough to earn this much money and I'm too young or like I don't have enough education or whatever these like things that I was confronting and that totally broke that down. And so this current affirmation is about that and is just like solidifying that. And the last one is I'm confident and successful in my career. I make the smartest decisions that truly benefit my career. This one is something that is very front of mind right now. I have had to make some interesting decisions in the last couple of months. Last year was very successful for my business and for the different things that I was doing, but it was not sustainable from working for a, like doing operations and software for Obaby Nutrition, which is a online school to practicing as a holistic nutritionist, to being a content creator, to having a podcast, like, and potentially launching MFEs, my EMF blocking underwear line for women. It was just way too much, way, way too much. And I've had to make some hard decisions in the last couple of months because I don't want that life moving forward of like me juggling five different things and not sleeping and being super stressed out and screwing up my hormones, not getting my period, et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, I know where this is heading and it's burnout and I'm not for that. As somebody who's very health conscious, like I'm not for that. This affirmation comes from a place of... I need to trust the decisions that I make and know that I am making the best decision for myself. And regardless of other people's input, I can open one door and close another door and that's my decision and that's okay. And so really just leaning into myself and not being reliant on anybody else. And yeah, just listening to my gut and my intuition. Like, what do I actually like doing? What type of future do I want? Where do I want to go? What do I want to do? And so it's been hard to put that one into practice, but I know it's just time. I don't know. (laughs) It's just time. Like, yeah, I can't see too much on this podcast about this right now because who knows who's listening. So yeah, we're going to see. And it's something that I've been thinking a lot about, but it's, it's definitely important. But I will say my podcast isn't going anywhere. My social media isn't going anywhere because these are the things that I've actually poured my heart and soul into and really love and care the most about. 
And I think it's, I'm just really want to simplify things more. And so that's kind of the direction that I'm heading. And so thank you so much for just listening to me tell you my inner thoughts, which is easy to do to a microphone and not easy to do when you see that thousands of people have listened to this podcast episode. If you have any affirmation, manifestation tips or recommendations, please message me on Instagram. I would love to hear that. As somebody who is very much trying to implement these in my life every day, multiple times a day, I really, really do care what you think. And if you have had success with a certain tip or anything that you do, like for example, somebody messaged me a couple days ago and they told me about this app called I am, and it's an affirmations app. And it literally just like, you can write your own affirmations in it, or it has like ones that populate and you can decide like what type of topic they're on, whether it's on self-love or courage or inner peace or whatever it is. And it will populate them and it'll notify you. And you can decide how many times it notifies you a day. It goes to your Apple watch. So you just constantly are seeing these beautiful affirmations. Like I deserve the love that I put out into the world or whatever it says. And so anything like that, I'm very much for right now, because that's what I need. And that's what I feel like my soul is calling for. So if you have any other recommendations, please let me know. A couple of other things I did just on this note is, I guess I'll just tell you because I'm just sharing everything on this episode. It's really great. I drew a little picture of the things that I want in life and I taped it to the bottom of my monitor and it's really cute. So it's the weight that I would like to be, which I'm not going to reveal, It's how much I want to make a month. I guess that's after tax. So after tax. And then it's a little stick person drawing of me, my partner, my future son, because I'm going to have a boy one day. I'm not pregnant, but one day. Our dog, Moose, and then the little son. And it's just like something I look at literally all day, every day, because it's at the bottom of my screen. So that's kind of something that I've been doing. And I also wrote out these four affirmations and I taped them to my desk and I taped them to the inside of my closet because like, I'm just in there all the time and I just want to see them. And, oh, I also taped them onto my laptop as well. So they're kind of everywhere. So I'm kind of going like full swing with this, but I'm very much like that type of person. And that's, Yeah, kind of what I want to do. Yeah, this was much more long-winded than I thought it was going to be, but thank you for listening. And this week, we are talking with Reed Davis, who is a holistic lifestyle medicine expert and a functional lab testing expert as well. And this was really cool because we really got into the nitty-gritty of where you study to be a a nutritionist, which is interesting because obviously I'm a nutritionist and we kind of compared programs, but also what you're taught and what that looks like in practice. And a lot of what he has founded in his program, I actually was not taught in my program. So if you've ever considered studying nutrition, definitely listen to this episode because I learned a lot And we actually also talk about a few different symptoms that come up a lot for people. So things like adrenal fatigue, 
headaches, coping with stress, stress management as well. We talked about, so we talked about a bunch of things and he's just a wealth of knowledge and was such a blessing to have on this podcast. So I will definitely link to his program in the show notes for you to check out as well as a shout out to our sponsors for this week. As always, I love Sensate and they are such a beautiful company to work. I use their device around my neck when I need to kind of tap out and get more grounded and and just get into my body more. It like sends vibrations through your vagus nerve and it really calms you down. And so they are one of my favorite, favorite biohacking devices and I recommend them a lot. So definitely check them out. And also to the Shungite shop. I love Shungite. I'm staring at this beautiful black piece of Shungite. It's in like the shape of a, I want to say a prism or maybe... Yeah, I think a prism or like a pyramid type of idea. And it's it helps with EMF, which we all know that I'm really into. So if you've ever considered getting some shungite pieces for your home, like they're beautiful stones or you know, jewelry as well. Like I have a couple of their bracelets. The shungiteshop.com is like the best place to get it from. They ship everywhere and they also just have such a wide selection. So they are my go-tos and enjoy this episode. Feel free to leave a podcast review on Apple podcasts or even Spotify. I actually think is doing reviews now too. I would love to see what you say and enjoy this one and stay tuned for another episode next week. Welcome to another episode of Biohacking with Brittany. I am so thankful that you are joining me this week. We are talking about nutrition this week and more specifically, functional diagnostic nutrition, which is different from holistic nutrition. And as a holistic nutritionist myself, I'm very curious to kind of dig deeper into this and understand it better. And we have Reed Davis joining us, who is actually the founder of Functional Diagnostic Nutrition, the certification course, which has over 3,000 students worldwide, which is just very impressive and really, really cool. So Reed, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Brittany. It's a real pleasure to be here. Hope we can help some people. Yeah, absolutely. So first and foremost, like, what is Functional Diagnostic Nutrition? Well, that's the name I gave to a type of practicing that I developed over a 10-year period working in a clinic. And frankly, I just didn't know what else to call it. It definitely was a new system of investigation into underlying causes and conditions, so working pretty far upstream from where the symptoms are. And it was, at that level, dealing with function whether it be the hormones or immune system or what is it, whatever it was, uh, it was very functional. And the word functional medicine was around and or was just kind of being used. But this is not medicine. And even though I used the word diagnostic, so functional, how you're functioning, diagnostic, that's because I was using laboratory work. So a lot of different labs, saliva, urine, blood, stool. But I wasn't using them to do medical diagnosis just analysis of the data, but I I called it functional diagnostic. And then nutrition, because I was a nutritionist, I was also a personal trainer and a lot of certificates, but nutrition 
not just for the body, but for the soul and emotions and things. So more about nurturing. So functional diagnostic nutrition. And I just had to call it something because after 10 years, people started asking me to teach. And uh, so I gave it a title. And it stuck. It was back in 2008, so it's been a long time. And, and yeah, we've grown from that first class all those years ago. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So how do you think that that is different from holistic nutrition? In terms of the application of principles of healing, it's very much the same. But it's different because we use data. We use the lab data. We run, again, saliva, urine, stool testing to find out what are the underlying causes and conditions. I use an acronym for the areas of search, H-I-D-D-E-N. And that stands for hormone, immune, digestion, detoxification, energy production, and nervous system balance. So H-I-D-D-E-N. It's really just, again, it grew out of 10 years in the clinic, running thousands of labs on thousands of people and noticing those patterns. And start out H I D D E N. I started out really the first few hundred people. I just checked their hormones. It was mostly women, and then I realized there's more to it, and ran some more labs and more labs. And anyway, that pattern kind of grew out of the investigation, investigative process, and it really works. I mean, when you if you get some data on those areas of function, you're going to be able to help people a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting because when I studied holistic nutrition, we didn't really focus too much on data or uh, food sensitivity testing or saliva testing or anything like that. But it was very holistic in terms of like the application and assessing people and, and very like symptom based. But as a biohacker, I'm very obsessed with like getting tested, getting my gut tested. Like I just did a hormone test this morning. Like I, because I think there's so much value in what the data actually says compared to our symptoms. There's value in both, but the data really drives home what's going on. Absolutely. Yeah. So data is everything. And, and that, by the way, helps you define the difference between a medical diagnosis. Doctors, they run labs too. But they're really looking to diagnose uh, a cluster of symptoms or you know, a name they can give it. It's just their standard of care. You know, in order to bill insurance, you have to have a diagnosis code. We're not interested in diagnosing in disease. We're assessing. It's really just data analysis and it's non-medical. And so it does point us in the right direction when you have enough lab work together. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you think like these types of tests or lab screenings really impact clients' health journeys? Well, the first thing is they're very thankful that someone's finally able to explain why they feel so lousy. Again, it's not like doctors running labs. Matter of fact, we get a real common complaint. I'm sure you've heard this, Brittany, is that, well, my doctor said nothing's wrong with me. Like They said my tests were Lab work looks normal. Well, they don't feel normal, and they know something's wrong. We know something's wrong. So we, we use different labs, and we just are looking at, again, those areas of hormone, immune digestion, detoxification, not for a medical diagnosis, but just for what could be improved. And then, of course, there's ways to improve it that 
that are that are very natural, drug free, and that people have control over. Yeah, I, I like that. I think there's I think there's a lot of power there. And you're giving a lot of power back to the client, which is really nice compared to a doctor just being like, oh, we don't have the answers or oh, you might have this one thing here, take this prescription drug, and then you're kind of like hooked on this drug for the rest of your life. <laughs> that is so astute, you know, and a great observation. It's very true. Again, a person might be told there's nothing wrong with you. We're showing healing opportunities. So that's the word I use, healing opportunities, just something that needs improvement. And again, it's it's not like when you go to a physician where, you, you might uh, get told there's nothing wrong with you or you get told, oh, it, we found your problem. It's your thyroid or we found your problem. It's low testosterone. Or, and then you get something to treat the paper. And then, of course, we'll come back in three months and we'll test again. We'll see how those numbers are doing. We're not so uniquely interested in the numbers. They're important. But it's more, how's the person doing? So instead of come back in three months, we'll check again. It's let's work together for three months on what we found. Again, with the diet and resting and exercising and reducing stress, taking some supplements, all of those guided by the lab work. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very biohacky way of looking at it, actually, like to take the data and then make changes and then check again to see what's changed, right? That's the thing is like when you do any of these tests, like it's so helpful to get the test done, but you have to retest. Like you have to check in to make sure that what you're doing is working and it's actually not making things worse. And and it depends on the test, I guess, but you really do need more than one set of data. Yeah, well, some tests more than others. That's very true. Sometimes if you just, you change your life, and you start feeling miraculous, really good, and you, you can't believe the wonderful changes, more energy, better mood, clearer thinking, uh, better sleep, libido, whatever it is, your quality of life is so high. Now, so certain tests, maybe the hormone, immune, we don't repeat those as much as you might think. But if you, let's say, we, and we always test for food sensitivities and for uh bacteria pathogens all the parasites bacteria fungus virus things like that so those you want to retest you got to make sure you get rid of the bug you know i went i went on a a cruise once and i got really sick on it and just i'm a healthy guy it's just something kicked my butt now when i came back i ran a test found out i picked up some pretty nasty little things and yeah i definitely retested to make sure they were gone even though i felt better I, I, I wanted to, to retest. So, yeah, we'll retest. But back to your, your question, kind of what, you know, how, how do clients respond or what, what do they think about it? They're very happy that we, we were showing them why they feel lousy, when, especially when their doctor said it was nothing or said it was one thing and just treats the paper. But they are emancipated. They're, they start to feel more of that control that you mentioned, you said power. And that's what got me motivated in the first place, Brittany. You know, I was really healthy when I started in the wellness business. I really had never been to a doctor. I didn't know how, how bad the system was. I had a couple sports injuries and some dental work and things, but not the chronic conditions and downward spiral that a lot of our patients had. And then 1999, I started in the clinic. And the first thing I noticed was, and I called it the cycle of trial and error. 
I could not believe that people had been to six or eight or ten different practitioners and weren't better yet. One day, I ride my motorcycle a lot. I live in Southern California. I, I have a motorcycle collection. I go out riding, and I love that freedom that you feel, and I'm out there really enjoying that. And I started thinking about the, the folks back at the office going, wow, what a ripoff. They, they don't have any control. They don't have any freedom. They're giving it up to their practitioners who aren't helping them. So I decided then and there, people need to be in control. And how can we go about it in a different way so that they get control? And that's just exactly what we developed. Do you ever worry about radiation or EMF? I definitely do. And I know this is a growing concern for a lot of you. EMF stands for electromagnetic fields, which are emitted by anything that uses electricity or radio frequency that uses radio waves. We are constantly bombarded with technology in our day-to-day lives, from our phones to computers to cell phone towers, flying in airplanes, and even using our beloved workout equipment like the Peloton. We are less grounded than we used to be and could honestly use far more time unplugged. But it's hard, right? When we work online, when we study online, and even work out online, and even have a social life online, we're really not unplugged at all during the day. We're basically go from screen to screen and then we kind of just do it again the next day. There are a bunch of ways that you can mitigate the harmful impacts of EMF and I have tried most of them. One of my favorite ways is by using shungite, both on my body and around my house. Shungite is this beautiful black stone that harmonizes EMFs and can minimize the effects of radiation, like having headaches, sleepiness, irritation, negative energy, restlessness, the list goes on and on. I have a beautiful Shungite bracelet I wear, as well as a prism that actually sits on my desk by my computer while I'm working. I even use some Shungite pieces to hold while I meditate. Shungite is also antibacterial, can support the immune system, reduce stress and anxiety, and purify water. I get all of my Shungite from the same place, which is The Shungite Shop, and can be found at www.theshungiteshop.com. I'm actually doing an interview with the founder, and we are going to dive into the specifics of how Shungite works and how it can really reduce the EMF exposure around us. So stay tuned for that. In the meantime, definitely check out theshungiteshop.com right now to get gorgeous pieces for both yourself and your home today. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really like that. And I think it's so needed. Like, I think we need to be testing more and looking at more information and more data. I've had kind of some of the tests done that you talked about in terms of finding parasites in blood tests and stuff like that, which has always been really interesting. And I'd love for you to just kind of explain more on what GI pathogens are, because like for me, I, I did a live blood cell analysis test. I don't know if you know what that is, but yeah. And that's kind of how I found out I had parasites both times, like seven years between the tests or so. And it was really helpful. And I did a cleanse and whatever I needed to do. And then I retested and the majority were gone and it was really helpful. And so is that kind of like the testing you're talking about when you're talking about GI pathogens? Yes. And we often will use stool, not always uh, blood, like you said, you can find things in the blood, but stool is where you'll find the eggs and like little body parts. 
<laughs> of these things and the antigen. And so there's different types of stool testing. There's culturing and all these different things. But we don't just run that because the problem with this modern medicine and even functional medicine and a lot of what people are doing, the access to labs is much better than it ever was. And that's a good thing. And yet people will say, oh, look, you have a parasite. It sounds like you have a parasite. You've got heartburn, gas, indigestion, bloating, diarrhea, constipation. It's something digestive sounding. And you say, you might have a parasite. And then you run a test. And sure enough, you find something. Well, I wouldn't pat myself on the back so hard as, as some people do. Because we have a saying, it's the test report is not the problem it's the result of the problem so if you're going around with parasites and bacterial overgrowth and yeast overgrowth and this there's SIBO is kind of a fad well it's there for a reason it's there because the host was susceptible to it you probably had weak defense mechanisms built in and so we don't just run say it sounds like a parasite or it sounds like thyroid or it sounds like testosterone we run five labs on every person. That might sound like a lot, but for someone who's just like my very first client, who's been around the block with eight or 10 different people, they're caught in a cyclotron era, well, we want to be the last person that they need to see. So we're going to take a very comprehensive approach. And what we find, back to your question about the gut pathogens, they've got a lot of stress and stress raises cortisol. And the cortisol to DHA ratio gets out of whack. Cortisol is the stress hormone, and it breaks your body down, including, very importantly, the mucosal barrier inside the gut and areas where it exists. And the, the main ingredient in that is your secretory IgA. It's one of your defense mechanisms. You've heard, of course, that the gut is 70 to 80% of your immune system. Your immune system breaks down under stress. And then you get the dysbiosis, the, the bad bacteria can start to outweigh the good bacteria, and that will affect digestion, by the way. And eventually, bigger bugs can move in and overgrow and become real problems. Now you've got a lot of symptoms based on those big bugs or big overgrowth or biofilm that goes along with it. And so it sounds like a parasite or a, or a bacterial overgrowth, or so, and you test for it. God forbid you find it and think you found the whole problem. It's very rare that that's the whole. And I'm not saying don't, don't get it treated, but I'm saying that it's more comprehensive than that, which is why we use multiple labs. And I gave you the acronym H-I-D-D-E-N. And so with a, a small and inexpensive number of tests, you can test for it all. Test everything. Then, then you have a comprehensive ability to put together a comprehensive plan of action or protocol or recommendations, whatever you want to call it. It's really holistic nutrition along with holistic exercise, holistic sleep, holistic stress reduction, and the use of supplements and things. It's the whole body, whole person. Yeah, I love that. I, it makes me want to do these tests, <laughs> which I'm sure it does for everybody listening as well. And I, I just love the approach as well of the root cause type of idea uh, you think the root cause is this like bacteria that you might find in one test 
but that like what's beyond that, right? It's like, oh, your gut is actually not functioning very well. Okay. But then why is the gut not functioning very well? Are you overstressed? Are you eating poor food? Are you just have poor dietary habits in general? All of the things that you said that kind of lead to that. And it's just this like cascade of effects, which is, yeah, which is pretty scary for a lot of people when they start going down the rabbit hole of all of this. All the stuff. So the idea of root cause, I have a little issue with that because there's never one. There's always multiple causal factors that you can find upstream. Again, think of H-I-D-D-E-N, hormone, immune, immune, digestion, detoxification, and so on. Not only are there multiple causal factors, those factors are crashing into each other. They're having an effect upon one another that is often and usually not singly measurable. So you've got to get a number of measurements, and then I call it connecting the dots. So it's where a physician might guess what test to run, run that test, and, oh, look what I found. This is way out of range. So that's a dot, one of the dots. We look at multiple dots and connect them so we can give the person holistic recommendations, not just here's your pill, and treat that one dot. So it, it's really connecting the dots and it's a whole different way of thinking. It is. It is because it, it makes a lot of sense, right? If the approach to heal is holistic in nature in terms of like, there's multiple things that you need to do and not just one thing, then why can't the original problem be holistic as well in terms of it's your gut, it's this, it's that, and it has multiple points as well. And yeah, I think you're right. I think it's almost too simplistic to just narrow it down to one specific thing and then call it a day, right? Like, it, that's yeah. Brilliant. That's brilliant. Yeah, that's how it is. So I've given a lot of talks in my time and even to groups of doctors and look, there's nothing wrong with a medical approach when you have a medical problem. But when it's a lifestyle problem and it's accumulated, Again, there's no one root cause. There's multiple. All those multiple causal factors are bumping into each other. And you end up with, here's the phrase I use, metabolic chaos. That's my one concern. First of all, I'm not a physician. You can't diagnose or treat anything specifically or really anything. You just want to identify as many healing opportunities as possible. And I've never tested a person who didn't have multiple. Now, we've gotten lucky sometimes. Can I tell you a very quick story? So when I was early on doing this, remember, I came from a different field. I was an environmental paralegal and conservationist. I was saving the planet, air birds, water trees, bees. And I noticed how bad things were. And I started wondering about people. What about people? What about me? Sorry, so I, I didn't want, nothing to repeat. I didn't want anything sneaking up on me. So I went to work in this clinic, changed careers a little bit, and the people were caught in a cycle of trial and error. And I realized very quickly that I didn't want to do medicine. I didn't want to just sell supplements. I wanted to really find out what was wrong. And I started running labs, even though, I admit, I didn't know much about what I was doing. just had access because of the doctors there let me do it. And so one lady came in, and she was um, actually getting chiropractic treatment for neck issues. And she came in one day, She maybe on her fifth or sixth visit, I could tell she was depressed, just really down. And you know, I get close to everybody, and 
I also was doing myofascial treatment. So I would give the patients uh, myofascial, you know, trigger point therapy and then put a heat pack on them. And then the doctor would adjust them afterwards. And you know, I was walking her back to the treatment room and she said, you know, I asked her what's wrong. She goes, oh, it's this weight and 40 pounds overweight. And it's really, it's been going on for a couple of years and it's just really killing me. And me, the happy guy, was, well, okay, what are we going to do about that? <laughs> and she's, uh, she said, there's nothing I can do. She's miserable. I've, I'm on this medication for the hives, and I've been on this medication for the hives for two years, and I've gained 40 pounds, and it's just driving me nuts. And I went to the doctor the other day, she told me, and I told him this is just, I've had it, you know. And according to her, he said, Lady, you can be fat or you can have the hives take your pick. And that was a little bit shocking, but she said, I, when I told him that was depressing, he said, well, I can write your prescription for antidepressants. if you want. And I could feel her pain, as I'm sure you can. And I said to her, well, why didn't you find out why you get the hives? And she looked at me, her neck snapped around so hard. Brittany, I thought she wouldn't need her chiropractic treatment. <laughs> she, I mean, what? What do you mean? I said, well, we could run some tests and find out why you get the hives. Like, and she just cutting to the, you know, fast forward a little bit. After we got her test results back, it was only nine days until she got off her medication. And then she was doing two things that she hadn't done in two years. Work out to the point of sweating or take a hot shower. Because even on the meds, she got taking hot showers or working out to sweat. And so it completely changed your life. Again, I was just learning, but I knew, wow, this testing thing is really amazing. And I can't tell you how many more sort of miracle cases we had. Some didn't work out so well. But I'm just saying I knew I was on the right track then. Yeah, I love that. It's always awesome when you can really just help people like that and yeah, give them the answers after they've been search searching for so long. There's uh yeah, especially when you're the practitioner, there's a, a very good feeling <laughs> that comes about nine when days. that happens. Yeah, nine days before she just told her doctor, hey, I'm off this medication, I'm not taking it. And I'm working out and taking my shower. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, it was, and then she started losing the weight and all that sort of stuff. I have so many stories like that. But the point is just that there's something causing whatever your problem is. And if you hear from the practitioner that it's idiopathic, you want to watch out for that word. Idiopathic means that's just about the same as shrugging your shoulders and saying, I don't know. You know, why do I have hypothyroidism? I don't know. It's idiopathic or, you know, whatever the problem might be. And so the other thing to watch out for is it's, well, it's genetic. It's just in your genes and your mother had it, and you're going to have it too. But we know that that's not always true either. Genetic Genetics matter, but they don't cause disease. Yeah, uh, that's a big thing as well. Like I had a couple of years ago, I had my genes uh, tested for my DNA tested for all these different like health issues and kind of like these biomarkers are associated with this health concern or 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 issue. And it was really helpful. And I met with the company and stuff and they just said like, this is a blueprint. This doesn't necessarily mean this is your future, but it's just 
information that might be helpful for you. And you can turn these genes on and off depending on the food that you eat and the lifestyle that you lead. And so it's, yeah, it's very much, I think it's more in our control than we might want to believe. Right. And the, the influences that turn genes on and off are called epigenetic factors. See, genetics, that's about 8% of your health, according to some experts. Dr. Russell Jaffe is a buddy of mine. He's goes around the country lecturing physicians on this. And, and uh, he says that's about 8%. Your genetics is about 8%. The other 92% is epigenetics. It's your lifestyle. It's your environment. It's the things you do and even the way you think sometimes. But it's other influences that turn those sort of bad genes on. You know, I had mine done too. And for folks that aren't, don't know about this, you can even go to that 23andMe I think they're still in business, and you have all your genes done. The thing about genes, it's cool, is they never change. You're born with them. Those are your genes. They dictate your the color of your skin, the way your the nose you have, the eyes and hair, all this stuff. Like that's just genetic, right? There's lots of other genes that aren't expressing until you turn them on, and 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 so what you do is you get your genes tested. And you get this report, it's all this data on all your genetic uh, makeup. And then you put that through a computer that starts telling you uh, what those genes could turn into. The propensity for colon cancer or diabetes or I find out I have a gene or I don't have the gene that makes it where you can't drink very well. <laughs> <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh, some people genetically can't drink alcohol i don't have that gene i don't really drink much but it's good to know if i do i'm not going to have a genetic expression problem around it and yeah 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 it was really interesting and it's just another set of data in the bigger picture of things and I think if people, if they can afford to get it done and it's accessible, like obviously go for it. And same with your testing. Like I think yours is definitely more hands-on and, and especially if people are dealing with a lot of symptoms and they're really struggling, like I think that can be super helpful. And I actually wanted to ask you a couple of like specific symptom questions. So a couple of things that I see a lot that I want to talk about is first the idea of stress management and adrenal fatigue. And this comes at a time where we just hit two years in the pandemic, like things in Canada are finally actually getting better. Our economy is like, okay, things are better than they've been in the last two years. But I think the last two years have been so heavy on everybody, whether you're a parent or whatever job you have, or you're working from home for the first time. I just feel like everyone is way more stressed out than they used to be. And I don't know, like, does your data actually prove that and show that as well? Well, we do measure levels of stress, stress levels and things. And we have stress reduction techniques, if you will, or just that's always part of the protocol. But I feel in everybody, the last couple of years has been rough. There's been a lot of additional stress. You have your normal stress. Well, now you have this. Oh, just another pandemic. You know? And so people got sent home. They lost their jobs. Now they get financial stress and strife, and that can cause relationship stress and strife. So what, what I did many years ago, matter of fact, one thing that inspired me was an article I read in 2001 in the Natural Healing Magazine that we subscribed to at the office. It was an article on stress. 
And I read that it caused up to 80% of all doctor's visits and that 50% of all disease could be related back to stress. So I started studying stress 20 years ago. And I've kind of just categorized it into three main areas. Again, there's other things you could say about stress, but for a clinician in the clinic, people come in and they have mental emotional stress. And when you say stress, most people think of bills to pay or they're driving through bad traffic or their boss is a jerk or their spouse is something. Kids are misbehaving. So we think of stress as mental emotional. But I learned pretty quickly that stress also includes physical trauma, things that happened even years ago in the past where you, you fall off a bicycle or a swing and it's still with you, the pain, the lack of range of motion and stiffness and trigger points. So you've got all this stuff going on related to trauma. So you got the mental, emotional, you got the physical, and then there's all this chemical and biochemical stress that comes from the environment. And I've just told you, I've spent years in environmental law and it's pretty rough out there. There's thousands and thousands of chemicals that are affecting us without you ever knowing it. And then the body itself produces toxins and chemicals. I call it the biochemicals. So there's this chemical and biochemical stress, the trauma and physical stress, and there's the mental and emotional stress. And that might be oversimplifying, but it helps a clinician to, to look for things so that they can help a person reduce those stressors. And where the labs come in, because that's what I do. I teach a course in lab work. That's what I do. Lab work and natural protocols to to, to fix everything. So person's in control. And the mental, emotional, physical, and, and chemical and biochemical stressors are not that hard to figure out when you have a system. And so stress reduction is a big part of the protocol. And as far as the measurement of it goes, I think that's what your question was. You know, yeah, when you're under stress, your cortisol goes up for a while until it can't anymore. And then it starts to go down. Well, in the meantime, it's done all this damage breaking down your body, and now you're just you're tired, fatigued, cloudy thinking, overweight, uh, no libido, you don't feel like working out much for the most part, but your quality of life is definitely down, and your other hormones get out of balance, and then your immune system's affected. Now you can get sick more often. The biggest thing you can do for the pandemic is lower your risk of getting it or suffering badly from it. We, we all know that mostly old people were the ones who died, mostly. And so the, the younger people just simply have more resistance. They're just in better health. And so that's why they didn't die. Some Many still got sick, but, but you know, the, the re results are much better. So that's what we work on is increasing health overall and lowering risk of anything, any of those kinds of stress. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree with what you said. And do you have specific stress management tools or tactics that you typically recommend to people that's like beyond meditation, right? Well, with stress reduction, so now our, let me back up just a tiny bit. See, our protocol also follows a pattern and it has another acronym. I gave you the hidden investigation hidden HIDD and stuff but the d-r-e-s-s -S, dress for health success protocol includes diet that can be stressful but rest is really important exercise of course the e so that's d-r-e diet rest exercise the two s's are stress reduction and supplementation we do a whole 
showing supplementation. But the stress reduction is huge. Again, there's the three main categories that I went over. And so, yeah, we have ways with if it's the mental, emotional, getting a good night's sleep and being well-nourished and having lots of energy is really important. Exercising makes you feel better. So the, the first half of the protocol helps with stress reduction. But you can also find a new job. You can get counseling for your other problems. And you can do the meditation and self-work. Sometimes just being more self-aware, the breathing and, and uh, meditation and things is really, really the answer and, and for certain problems. It doesn't solve everything, but certainly you can deal with life a lot better when you are thinking clearly and, and you get connected to your energy and, and things like that. So there's lots of techniques there. And then when it comes to the trauma and physical stress, aches and pains, I'd say that it happens to be my main cross to bear because of... <laughs> I have a well-used body, you know, lots of sports injuries. I used to do construction when I was younger injuries. I had, well, again, it was just a dinged up motorcycle spills and things like that. So my neck, both shoulders, my knee, my low back, my, I've had some boo-boos. So getting that worked on by professionals who are therapists who work in that area. Even to this day, I'm getting stem cells right up until last year, which really helped me a lot. The platelet-rich plasma, prolotherapy, stem cells. I have a personal trainer twice a week come out to my house. I live out in the country, but she comes out. and seeing her for 10 years. So I do Pilates and stretching and strengthening and things to keep my old, my old bones in good shape. So that's the mental-emotional stress reduction. You've got your uh, all your counseling and meditation and things. You, you can just basically get out of bad relationships and whatever it might be. Can't fire your kids, unfortunately. <laughs> but you can discipline them and keep them out of your hair. The uh, I raised four kids, and I say it all very lovingly. And then the physical, like I talked about. Now, when it comes to the chemical and biochemical stressors, these are insidious. You may not even know things are going on. You feel lousy, but you go to your physician, and your blood work looks normal. Well, you got to do different testing and investigation into those Bacteria, funguses, viruses, parasites, food sensitivities are huge. And lots of other things in your environment that can be tested and eliminated. Do you ever feel frazzled, not grounded, stressed, and like you have way too much on your plate? Of course, you know you should be taking time for self-care, but doesn't mean you actually are. And it kind of just feels like another thing on your to-do list. I have definitely been there. It's tough to kind of balance everything these days especially for those of us working from home with extra side hustles and or kids. Stress reduction feels like a nice idea, but never something easily achievable in the moments when we need it the most. I believe in solutions that use science to help us be healthier on a daily basis, but without crazy technology or tools that aren't accessible or affordable for everybody. I use Sensate, which is something that I've been using for a long time now, and I spoke about a lot last year, which is a groundbreaking innovation in wellness technology that uses the natural power of sonic resonance to calm your body's nervous system, providing immediate, immediate, let me tell you, relief and long-term benefits from regular, regular use. It calms your nerves and helps you feel better in as few as 10 minutes per day, it improves stress resilience to help you cope with whatever life throws at you, and it increases heart rate variability, a known biomarker of health and longevity. 
This is so important because for many of us, our body's built-in stress management system is simply just an overdrive. Sensate's novel patent technology was designed to send infrasonic waves through the chest to reach the vagus nerve that sits deep in the core of our nervous system. By speaking to our body's command center, we can control how we respond to all the positive and negative things that we experience each day, which is just so cool and such an easy, easy biohack to bring in every day. You can use my discount code, which is BiohackingBrittany in all capitals. I will put the link in the show notes and it's on my shop page at biohackingbrittany.com and you get $25 off today. If you have any questions about it or when you get it, please message me. I'd love to chat as this is one of my favorite biohacking tools to use on a regular basis. Yeah, there's just so much to unpack there. And there's different things that work for different people, I think. And I just, yeah, I think people and including myself will sometimes just like overlook stress management. And it's kind of like this thing of, oh yeah, like I, I meditate or I do yoga once a week or whatever, but the rest of the time you're just like, go, go, go. And you're actually super stressed out, but it's become your new normal that you actually don't even realize how stressed out you are until you go on like vacation and (laughs) then you're lying around on the beach for a week and your libido is super high and like you are in a super great mood because your stress is so low and it's like this idea of like how do we take that sense of like feeling grounded and happier and just more connected to ourselves when we're on vacation and apply it to our lives it's a very difficult thing and Yeah, I just see so many people, including myself, who just can get so stressed out. And it's a tricky one to solve, I guess. Well, there's techniques, there's things that have been going on for millennia, centuries and centuries, that are good techniques. I understand you want to, you feel like you need to bring home a bag of the sand from the beach with you, sit next to it, and be in a different energy state. Let energy stay, you can achieve any time. I meditate every day, sometimes twice a day, sometimes three times. It doesn't have to be for 20 minutes of sitting there cross-legged going home or any of that stuff. You literally just get into a state of awareness of your breath and that that problem is out there and that what you can control is what's going on inside. So this idea of uh, self-awareness, What's going on? All that stuff is not you. Look, if you're having trouble with your body, you are not your body. You're in your body, but you're not your body. And if it's uh, mental, emotional thoughts, these thoughts are driving you, you're not your thoughts either. You're not your mind. Those are just thoughts. And God knows they're crazy and they're they're being influenced by all kinds of uh, things in the environment, like like TV, if you're God's sakes, don't watch TV. You're just going to have weird thoughts. (laughs) And so you're not your body. You're not even your mind. You're you. You're something different that's that's more of an energy and something deeply connected to the intelligence that is in every cell in your body, The, the interplanetary systems, the way that flowers grow. There's an intelligence, and you can be aware of it. And you can do that on a moment's notice. You can do it right now. Just take a breath. 
and be aware that you're not your body or your mind. You're something else, and you can contemplate that. And it's very relaxing, very stressful. You'll start to feel that you have more energy, and you can practice it and do it sort of more and more, and for shorter, shorter periods of time. Yeah, I remember a few years ago when I had that realization of like you're not yourself, or, and you're not your thoughts, and it was something like the average human has like 60,000 thoughts a day. And like, how can it be possible for every single thought to be an accurate representation of yourself? And it's not possible. And it's so freeing when you are able to put distance between you and your body and you and your mind. And it it just kind of takes this like weight off your shoulders, right? Like it's just, it's like you said, it's very relaxing. Well, and you can practice it, especially if you want to go to bed. Look, if someone wants to go on YouTube, and look up uh, sleep meditation and, and find a voice you like. There's different characters. There's this one Australian guy I like. He's real smart and he has a good voice. And But you can find that. And there's the, the weird music playing in the background. <laughs> it's just very relaxing. But they walk you through kind of a self-meditation. Like, okay, breathe and just be conscious of that. And then it gets into um, relax your shoulders, relax your jaw, relax your arms, relax your... They walk you through it and, and keep breathing. And then they'll kind of, it's almost like hypnosis, but man, you're asleep in two minutes. It really relaxes. And the biggest reason I think is because it stops your brain from spinning and all the bullshit. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. The other symptom that I, or like thing, I guess, yeah, symptom that I wanted to talk about was headaches and migraines that people get. And I, it's front of mind for me because my, my partner, he has started getting them in the last six months. And so I've been trying to help him and I don't really get them. So it's kind of out of my, you know, when it's not as personal to you, you don't really know as much about it type of thing. So do you see this in your practice? And like, what do you think? Yeah, there's always something causing Symptoms not the problem. So the migraine is not the problem. Unfortunately, it's the result of the problem. And so this was another, I'll just tell you a quick sort of miracle story. Another thing happened, uh, by the way, I've repeated this over and over and over again. And so my graduates, because we run labs. So a lady came to me and she was, she was unable to afford any lab testing. She just, but she, her complaint was migraines at least five days a week, she was in a dark room with a pillow over her head with agonizing migraines. And I said, look, I'll work for you for free, but you've got to come up with the money for the lab, a couple hundred bucks or so, and because you got to have skin in the game. I'm not, I can't do it totally for free. So she, we just ran one test, found out what some things she was sensitive to, and within – just a couple weeks, I want to say a week and a half, she was down to just what she called ordinary headaches every couple of days and aspirin took them away. Now, to me, that's not right. That's Some people start there and they don't want to have any headaches. But this lady went from five days a week in a dark room with the pillow over her head to just the occasional, quote unquote, regular headache uh, periodically. She was able to go out, get a job. And so I stayed in touch with her. She wasn't a real client, just but that's the kind of sort of miracle. And I've seen the exact same, same thing happen over and over again. I've got other migraine stories. And then the same thing with asthma, the same thing with the skin conditions, the same thing with very painful and debilitating 
joint aches and pains, muscle aches and pains, the old fibromyalgia kind of a thing, and chronic fatigue, and just on and on and on by running some labs, figuring out what is the stressor. Is it mental, emotional, trauma, and physical uh, injury and things like that built up? Or is it something chemical, biochemical? So I've learned to sort of specialize in that chemical, biochemical stressors because that's where you run the labs. Yeah. It's interesting that there can be so many different stressors that actually cause the same symptom. Oh, wow. That's so smart. Yeah. People with the exact same symptoms have different causal factors, which is why, by the way, I can't guarantee looking forward that if someone comes in with migraines and I, oh, I've helped a lot of people with migraines. Yes. But that doesn't mean you're going to help the next one. Their causal factors can be different. Now you learn clinically to get pretty smart about these things and, and you always run all your labs, but then you can give them things to do. Again, change their diet, their rest, habits, and sleep, and uh, relaxation and things. Their exercise, you, you can't be healthy if you don't exercise. And it's not always the more the better. It's the right exercise for you. Stress reduction comes in at least those three forms. And then supplementation can be very, very helpful when you're doing those other things right. If you're not going to make up for bad behavior with supplements. Not very much. Oh, yeah, absolutely. People who go out and buy supplements and don't have their diet right or aren't exercising or just like living this like very unhealthy lifestyle, but they're taking supplements. It's like, no, <laughs> it doesn't work like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you should be taking supplements. They're very, first of all, food just doesn't have enough nutrition in it. Even if you're eating organic. That's good to avoid the pesticides and herbicides and chemicals, but it doesn't have enough nutrition in it. It doesn't have all the vitamins and minerals, essential fatty acids, trace elements, antioxidants and things. You, it's really good to supplement. Uh, if you run the labs, find out what you really need. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So if people are interested in working with one of your graduates, how can they do that? We have a website and I'm going to give it to you. It's a little bit long and it's functionaldiagnosticnutrition.com slash Brittany. Mm. So yeah, we, we'd like to you know gauge if your audience likes us or not. And so if you would please go to functionaldiagnosticnutrition.com. I couldn't think of a longer name. <laughs> and then slash Brittany with two T's. And so the, then that's going to um, take you to the main hub of FDN, Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. And we'll, if we can't help you, we're going to point you in the right direction. We can go get some help. So I have counselors so that watch the, the chat. Don't be shy. Go ahead and chat. We have someone on staff. Uh, three people we cover all three time zones in the u.s and they even work late sometimes for for other countries yeah do you have practitioners in canada oh heck yeah first of all i'm canadian i was born in toronto uh, i lived there till i was a teenager go leafs right so and and i moved to the states when i was a teenager which was a long time ago i'm almost 70 so i've been here a while but but heck yeah we have lots of people in vancouver where you are and across the country. Matter of fact, one of our labs that we love is in Toronto and is managed by a good friend of mine, a research scientist who actually lives in Ottawa, your capital. 
And so it's very, very connected to Canada. And the good thing about Canada is you can do this all from there. Like Canadians are used to going to the U.S. for some of them in health needs, you know, and so it's kind of a natural. But we're in Australia and New Zealand and England and parts of Europe and, and all over the place. Sweet. Yeah, I'm going to take a look at some people who are close by in Vancouver because I think I'm going to set my partner up with somebody so he can get tested and get his headaches looked at more thoroughly so we can get some more answers for him. Yeah, British Columbia, Alberta, lots of people. Amazing. Amazing. Awesome. Well, I will definitely put that in the show notes. Thank you so much for your time and talking about this. This was so cool. And I, I learned so much from you. Well, thank you very much for having me. I'm happy to come back anytime you want to talk to me. Thanks for listening to another episode of Biohacking with Brittany. If you're interested in finding the show notes or the sponsors for this episode, you can do so on my website, which is biohackingbrittany.com. Remember to follow me on Instagram where I'm most active. My handle is at biohackingbrittany. And if you're interested in working together and you want to email me directly, you can do that. My email is info at biohackingbrittany.com. And I look forward to hearing from you and having you tune in next week.